Have you heard the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover? But that's what people do, right? We judge everything by outward appearances. In my experience, a great album cover can make or break the decision on whether I buy an album. So go on a journey with me as we look at some great album cover designs and talk about why I believe that you need a personal designer for your album artwork. This is Judged by the Cover. Today on the Judged by the Cover podcast, I am looking at an album cover from one of my favorite albums of all time. It's not one of the first covers I thought of when I decided to start this podcast, but as I dug into the what and how this cover was designed, I knew we had to talk about it. Also, it helps that they just released the 20th anniversary edition of this album, so let's dive in. But first, if you haven't already, please hit all the like and subscribe buttons. You know where they're at, and if you could, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Positive reviews are always very helpful for the show. Secondly, if you're viewing this on JW Notes, you can use the contact form below to tell me what you think of the podcast and give me your recommendations for future episodes. Meteora is the sophomore album from the band Linkin Park. After their highly successful first album, Hybrid Theory, they knew they had a big task on their hands to follow it up, and that they did. Meteora came out March 25th of 2003 and debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and sold over 810,000 copies in its first week. Say that again. 810,000 copies first week. Up until this point, the album has sold roughly 16 million copies worldwide and has been certified seven times platinum. Talk about one successful album. I would love to talk about the music and why I love the band, but that's not why you are here. You want to hear about the album cover. This one, at first glance, you probably wouldn't think there's anything special about this album cover. The cover itself has this sepia-colored image on a black background. The image is offset more towards the top of the cover with a lot of black space below it. Overlaid on the bottom of the image is the band name, which is kind of like their logo, the name of the album, Meteora, and then the track list. The image itself is a guy with a respirator mask, crouched down, painting something on the ground with a can of spray paint. The background of the image is kind of nondescript, but there are some paint cans around the guy and a ladder next to what seems to just be a white wall. At first glance, there's nothing that really stands out to me or really catches my attention, but it definitely has those Linkin Park vibes. If you've never listened to Linkin Park, I know this probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but give them a listen and you'll definitely know what I mean. Before researching the album or watching the Making Meteor documentary, I always saw this image as an image of rebellion. Along the lines of adolescent angst that usually leads to acting out through mediums like graffiti. Also, I never really knew or put much thought into who the man was in the photo. It'd be easy to assume that this was one of the band members, maybe Mike Shinoda or Joe Hahn, which, funny enough, both of them are artists who actually met in art school. Who knew? But that is not the case. The person in the photograph is a graffiti artist named Delta, or also known by his given name, Boris Telegin? Hopefully I said that right. Boris is a very talented artist who got his start in the graffiti world. His work caught the attention of the band and they knew that they wanted to bring him in. To go into more detail about how Boris ended up being the one on the cover and why this image is so significant, we have to talk about the name of the album and the inspiration that lies within it. The name Meteora comes from a set of rock formations in Greece that are spectacular in their own right, but they also have these monasteries that were built on top of them. 
the rock formations are amazing to look at with these sheer rocky sides. And it kind of blows your mind to think how on earth did they build these monasteries on top of them? Like, how did they get the stuff up there? It has this cinematic quality that is reminiscent of something within a fantasy world or a movie. The band felt that the music they were creating had some of the same qualities. You have the massive guitar sounds, the the range of the emotion and the lyrics and that come through the vocals, uh, along with the softer piano and electric sounds that tie everything together to create a cinematic force of music. In the middle of the chaos of recording the album, they took a break to work on this art installation that would become the visual elements of the album and possibly the cover. There's a really cool video that I'm going to link down below that they shot during this time discussing the process. But this is where Boris came in to input his artistic ability. They brought in basically the whole band to be involved in this painting, um, and they were these four huge panels, and they were adding imagery, lyrics, photos, other elements that depict the process of the album coming together. So you've got four plus artists working on a single piece with very different styles, and they all had to come together to tell the same story. Within all of this, they also had a photographer grabbing photos of the process, and they ended up choosing the cover photo because they said that there was this quiet strength and focus in Boris in the midst of this chaos of this art installation that perfectly embodied this album. In the process of creating an album, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of chaos and demoing, recording, and just creating a record. But the band was super focused and knew what they wanted the end product to be. This photo was the perfect embodiment of this focused amongst chaos that portrayed their meteora. I love that the band had the foresight to document the process of creating the album so we could have this glimpse of what goes into creating a masterpiece like Meteora. From the outside, what I would have considered to be a terrible choice for the cover of such a great album really is the best choice to represent it. If you're listening to this today, the one thing you can take away from this album cover is to know your vision and find that thing, that design or art that communicates that. Some people probably won't get it, and that's okay, but be ready to tell us why that thing works. Find a medium to share that story, whether it's a blog, social media, or video, to bring your fans and prospective fans into the inside and let them in on the story. These are the kinds of things that will create real experiences for your audience and create true fans of you and your music. Know who you are as an artist, know the story you're portraying through your music, and then partner with the right people to help you share that story with your audience. So whether that's working with a talented artist like Boris or hiring a graphic designer like me, I think every artist and band needs to have an outside voice to help bring their visual elements to life. That brings us to everyone's favorite section, It's Near Miss Time. For today's Near Miss, I decided to give the country artists a break. Our victim for this episode is Aerosmith and their self-titled album, Aerosmith. There's a funny story behind this cover that we'll get to in a second, but let's start with describing this wonderful cover. I'm not even sure where to begin uh, because there is a lot going on. The main body of this cover is this cloudy sky image. Think about what it looks like when you're in a plane, looking down at the clouds and the sky below you while you're flying. That's kind of what the background is. Uh, On top of that, you have a secondary square image. It's smaller, but it's of the band and it's in the center. And it has like a similar kind of cloudy background behind the band members. And literally, it's just layered on top. At the top is an orange band with the, the album name, Aerosmith. And the font is black with this like, white geometric wing on every letter 
To be honest, this thing is what I would call a hot mess. And I think it's best put this way. To quote Joe Perry, he said, Unfortunately, the packaging was lame. We didn't even see the cover until the first printing was out. It was something that Columbia just threw together. The whole thing was sloppy. It marked the start of our education in dealing with record labels. The label just threw this thing together, obviously without any thought or care. There was also an issue with the first printing where one of the songs was misspelled. Instead of walk in the dog, it said walk in the dig. This was eventually corrected with the secondary printing, but they ultimately updated the cover art completely sometime before 1975. The alternate cover from the third printing is definitely better, but also not great. It used the image from the band that was at the center of the original with a similar font, but done differently for Aerosmith. So it's in red. And instead of each letter having the geometric wings, the name Aerosmith has it at the end. Also, this alternate cover said featuring Dream On, which was the single for the album, and it had a lot of success. The lesson learned here is don't immediately trust your label or anyone to simply throw something together for you. Your album or your single is too important to leave to chance, especially in today's music world where you are competing with thousands of other songs that are getting uploaded daily. Well, folks, that's all for today's episode of the Judge by the Cover podcast. Please share this with your friends and family that love music and album cover design. Also, make sure you send me your favorite suggestions of favorite album covers and any examples that need to be discussed in my near miss segment. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.